Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and everybody in between, welcome to another episode of the Jake Botel Sports Experience. My name is Jake, and I'm joined in the virtual studio for another week of NFL action by the one and only Minnesota Jack. How are you, Jacko? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I'm well. Um, about well, contemplating a long drive ahead of me this afternoon, heading down to Geelong to watch the Cats women's play in an elimination final against the Kangaroos. We've never beaten the Kangaroos. For, played them four times in our AFLW history, four losses. Uh, what better time to turn it around than in a final at home? This is where it matters. That's exactly that's exactly right. Um, so, going to get into a full preview of all. Well, first of all, I should ask you, how are you going? What have you got on for the weekend? What are you up to? I I, I kept this weekend pretty open mm. on on purpose. I was kind of looking forward to the opportunity to to binge some TV. Uh, you very kindly lent me the DVD to a show called Deadwood, which I'm yes. only just starting, but I'm enjoying, and so I'm looking forward to putting. Some of that on. I've uh, got a bit of gardening to do, probably a bit later today. Um, and then I'll be watching the dogs play in their elimination final tomorrow, most likely on the TV. Although there's a part of me that thinks maybe I'll take the trip down. Just but I don't know. We'll, we'll see. I'll, I'll be watching them regardless. So it'll be a, a mix of football and, and gardening and television, just how I like it. <laughs> Yeah, beautiful. Sounds like a great combo. Um, big week end of action to uh, preview uh, for the people. Uh, but need to start off with a quick recap. Um, just quickly talking about the game that happened uh, last night between the Philadelphia Eagles and the Houston Texans. Eagles traveling to Houston. They won 29-17. The score was locked up um, 14 apiece at halftime. And then the Eagles kept the Texans to a field goal in the second half while adding another couple of scores themselves, running at 29-17. Unfortunately, that killed my sicko spreadsheet pick of the Eagles to cover 13 and a half. That pesky field goal from the Texans. Jacko, this was a game with lots of running for both teams, 63 combined rushing attempts for over 300 yards, a couple of touchdowns. Uh, But when it came to the passing game, the Eagles clearly had the advantage, 21 of 27 for 243 yards and two touchdowns with no interceptions for Jalen Hurts, uh, while Davis Mills went 13 of 22 for 154, two touchdowns, two picks. The Texans, credit to them, like they put up a bit of a fight, uh, but the Eagles just too strong, Jacko. Yeah, the the Texans were far more competitive than I think anyone was expecting in that first half. You know, to be tied up Mm. at halftime, I thought was uh, really an incredible result for the Texans. You know, they're running the ball really well. Davis Mills was making good decisions. That defense Mm. for the Texans, making plays, got that forced fumble. 
even going into the third quarter, like the first two drives for Billy in the third quarter were punts. Mm. So really to me, I, I don't think it's just because of this, but it all went downhill when Davis Mills threw that interception. From then on, you felt like Philadelphia got the break that they needed and just didn't didn't let up from that point on. Um, so I think if you're a if you're a Houston fan, you would have been happy with what you saw. You didn't give up. You kept fighting. Damien Pierce just looks like a star. He he seems like he's got he's got the power and strength of a guy like Marshawn Lynch, but mm. the the ability to stay upright like Alvin Kamara. Like he's got both those skills, and he's still a rookie, and he's still got a lot of time to develop. And often you see this with rookies; they you see their ceiling really quickly and then you start to see their floor and maybe they're not as good as you thought. But right now he he seems to be, if they can keep him, he'll be a big part of that offense moving forward. Um, mm. So yeah, credit to the Texans for scaring Philly. I reckon at halftime, Philadelphia would have been like, ah, oh, is this going to be our first loss to the Texans? Um, which a lot of teams have not been able to put Philadelphia in that position. So I think, Frustrating loss, considering you could have made it a lot more competitive if you're a little cleaner in the second half, but mm. better than, you know, losing by 40 points. Is it weird that I never felt like Philly were in danger of losing? Like it was one of those games where it was like, you know, the Texans made it a game, but I was never worried that Philly were going to lose. It, I don't know. I just never was. It never felt like a, a genuine threat of that first loss of the season. I mean, they're now, what, 8 no. The Eagles, mm. um, which is, you know, super impressive. And people were joking like, oh, you know, posting, oh, the, the 11-0 Philly Eagles with a picture of the 11-0 Steelers from 2020. And I'm like, that it's two completely different teams. The Eagles look strong in, in all areas. Um, and, you know, speaking of the Steelers, Javon Hargrave, who used to play for the Steelers, three sacks. Uh, on the night, he was the only player for the Eagles to get a sack, and he had three. CJ Gardner Johnson, formerly of the Saints, grabs an interception. Uh, James Bradbury grabs an interception as well. Like the thing with the Eagles is they look so strong on both sides of the ball, and not just both sides of the ball, but in all areas of, of, of the team, Jacko. Like it's not like you just go, oh, well, they've got a good offensive line and a running game. They've also got a great receiving game with Dallas Goddard and Devonta Smith and AJ Brown and a QB who can throw it deep. Um, you've got the run game with the running QB and their running backs. Then you go to the defense and go, well, they've got a good defensive line. Oh, yeah, and a pretty good linebacking core as well. Oh, and a really good secondary too. So it's just like I'm not saying punch their ticket to the Super Bowl, but I think few teams have – as much reason to feel good as the Philly Eagles in 2022 and credit to the Texans defense as well. They managed to sack Hertz four times. Jerry Hughes had two of those, Steven Nelson uh, and Kurt Hinnish, Hinnish uh, with one each. So like the Texans gave it a real crack, but there's just such a, a, a divide in terms of skill and talent level. Uh, between the two teams and and just where that they're at in terms of the team building exercise that the Eagles are right there in that contending window um 
And really, this is the kind of result you want as a Texans fan, surely. Really, you know, spirited loss. You want to stack spirited mm. losses and then draft whoever, whichever quarterback it is that you want to draft in the first round. I don't, I don't look at Davis Mills and think he's the, the, the starter going forward for, for mine. I think he's the, he's the backup going forward. That is interesting because that was sort of a bit of a narrative after this game, the whole like, what do, you, what do they do with Davis Mills and that? And he doesn't strike me as the guy who is just locked in, like has to be the start of next season. No way. But there is the argument of, okay, they've got a bunch of draft picks. I think they've got two first round picks over the next, in each of the next two drafts, plus a bunch of other picks. Like they are just loaded. And you just wonder, do you try and get another quarterback but have a Zach Wilson situation where you pick him really high in the first round and he's just a bust, or do you, or do you stick with Davis Mills, who has an arm, he's he is mobile, he's not a running quarterback, but he's able to move around the pocket. I thought honestly, some of the sacks he initially evaded was really quite, uh, it's quite good to see. Like he moved around the pocket, evaded mm. pressure, just maybe not as long long enough to really extend the drives. Like got an arm. He seems like he's got that locker room, like the guys like him there. You just wonder if maybe Houston goes, all right, we'll we'll keep Davis Mills and we'll just build around him. We'll just build around him, give him receivers, give him a better offensive line, give him some defensive playmakers that can make plays on their side of the ball to help him. It's just it's the it's the uh age old question when it comes to football of yeah, like what do you do with your main guy, your quarterback, are you better off getting a quarterback who can um, elevate a less than impressive team? Or do you just stick with the guy who can play well, but surround him with talent that will then elevate him? Um, my my suggestion there is that if this was a draft in which the Texans only had one pick, his chances of being able to stick around as the starter for another year without the challenge of another quarterback would actually be increased. Having two picks, I think if it was me, I'd go quarterback and then the next position of need because currently they've got two picks inside the top 12 um, that they would currently hold, according to the ESPN um, draft predicted, they would hold the number one pick as it stands right now uh, and the number 12 pick, which is from Cleveland. So depending on where Cleveland end up in, in, in the scheme of things, how's this for the Eagles, though? Speaking of draft picks, the Eagles currently hold um, New Orleans' first-round draft pick here and would currently be picking at number 11 in the draft. So not a bad effort. The Seahawks would get to pick yeah. number five in the draft currently. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, look, I think Jared Goff and Davis Mills are two guys, um, just speaking of teams with quarterbacks, sort of transition quarterbacks, in my opinion, but both have picks inside the top 12. Detroit Lions have two picks inside the top 12 and the Texans do as well. I reckon both teams get one quarterback and one other position, unless, of course, Davis Mills puts something together down the stretch. But I don't know. I just kind of go 10, pi- 10, sorry, 10 touchdowns, eight picks through eight games. Um, yeah, he's not... The same as Jalen Hurts, but that would be if you were fighting for Davis Mills, you would bring up a guy like Hurts and go, look at him in his third year. Like, mm. just give the guy another season, especially if you've got two first-round picks again in the next draft. 
Mm. Um, I, I probably would move off him, but it's an interesting thing to think about. And if I was to argue for keeping with Mills, you could say, okay, we'll go with him another year. This draft will try and boost mm. the talent around him. Then see what he can do with a better offensive group around him and better a better defense. Yeah. And then reevaluate again. Then go, okay, is he much more improved? Is he not? We have two first round picks again, and then we can do what you're saying, pick a quarterback and another position of need in the next draft. It's it's one of those things, isn't it? It's the it's the regression that's hurting him at the moment. Because his his rookie season, it was like well, he actually did really well, you know, given what was around him and that sort of thing. Sixteen touchdowns, ten picks for the year, um, you know, completing over almost sixty seven percent of his passes at nearly seven yards per attempt, etc. But all of those numbers have regressed this year. He's completing less mm. of his passes. He's throwing less touchdowns. He's throwing more interceptions. He's throwing for fewer yards per attempt. Um, so so like, I I think. The, the thing would be for me is you don't have to move on from him. You can keep him mm. like around. You can draft another Just QB fight for it. and Davis Mills. You can keep him too. And, and you can have the best of both worlds. You've got a guy who knows the system. He's been in it for two years and he can push the next guy in. Um, and, and so it's sort of a bit of a win-win, but yeah, no, look, I, I think um, it's, it's not as slam dunk anymore the idea that you have to take a first round QB but I think the fact that you can you can take one and still get another pick to cover somewhere else um mm. you know I think that's that's a positive for the Texans um and you know where they want to go whether it's offensive line and QB or something like that um especially with how good the QB class looks going into this next draft all I keep hearing is all the good quarterbacks that are coming in and will be first round picks um, it's not necessarily like last year. You've got a bit more to choose from. Yeah, yeah, it's a lot better <laughs> in 2023. Um, all right, let's get into the rest of the action for the weekend. Uh, lots of games to get to. Um, have you got somewhere you'd like to start, Jacko? A particular game? Where you'd like to go? If not, I can take us somewhere. Not really. I feel like you, right. you should take us somewhere because I don't know what your general thoughts are on the whole slate this weekend, but I haven't really thought about it until I look at it now. And I don't know. Nothing really jumps out to me as like, ah, this is going to be a barn burner, you know? Mm. So if you've got something in mind, go ahead. Yeah, let's let's go to the Tennessee Titans and Kansas City Chiefs. Let's start with primetime. Um the Chiefs favored in this game by 12 and a half points. Um, Whoa. In Arrowhead. Like that's a that's a lot. And and I sort of think it's a little bit disrespectful uh to a Titans team that they've played tough this season. Now they're they're five and two. The Chiefs are five and two. How often do you see a matchup? Two five and two teams where one is favored by you know the best part of two touchdowns. Uh-huh. Um, Ryan Tannehill, I believe, is back into the side. Derek Henry looks on pace to run for 1,500 yards and like 15 touchdowns. Obviously, the Chiefs are playing well. Mahomes, I think I said to you, he's he's actually statistically played better in his first seven games this season than his first seven games last year when he had Tyreek Hill. He's thrown more Mm. touchdowns, yards, yards per attempt, all that sort of stuff, fewer interceptions. So, uh, look, I think this is an interesting game for me 
because I think that the the AFC South is the Titans division to win. Uh, the the Jags haven't come on like we hoped they would. The Texans are, you know, in the process of a rebuild or whatever you want to call it. And the Colts haven't figured things out at quarterback and they've kind of been bad in the run game and their defense has been up and down. So I think the Titans, this is clearly not only their chance to win this division, but if you could beat the Chiefs, you're starting to put yourself in a really good position to even contend for the number one seed and a buy and home field home field advantage come playoff time because you think about how the AFC East will cannibalize itself a little bit. People f- seem to forget the Dolphins beat the Bills first time around. So, mm. you know, if, if there's a really important matchup coming up for Buffalo and Miami when they next play, because if Miami were to beat them again, they are going to jump ahead of the Bills in terms of that head-to-head advantage um, officially for the season. This is a big opportunity, Jack, for me, for the Titans to do the same thing with the Chiefs. If you can get to six and two and have a head-to-head win over the Chiefs, you might not be traveling back to Arrowhead come playoff time. Where, What are your sort of thoughts going into this game? To be honest, I don't have many thoughts at all because, like I said before, I don't think I've watched the Titans play a single game this season. Okay. Uh, there are only so many games that you can watch yeah, in a weekend. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. For whatever reason, the Titans have never really jumped into... I watched a bit of the highlights of Derrick Henry's amazing performance from mm. the week before. So, I don't know. It, my gut just says Kansas City wins this easily just because you've got one team that's literally the best scoring team in the league and you've got another which is like in the bottom third in terms of points mm-hmm. scored. And then you can look at other stats and try and balance them out and go, okay, who's going to come on top? At the end of the day, points are what wins football games. And you've got one team that scores at will and the other that struggles. So... I don't know. It is a lot of points, though. So I, I think Kansas City wins it pretty easily. But the yeah, but the the points is interesting. What did you say? Twelve and a half. Is that what you said? Twelve and a half points favored. Box. Spread is pretty pretty tasty. So yeah, and and with these teams as well, like if if Derrick Henry can get on a roll, if he can really chew up the clock and just pick up first down after first down, I could see this being a scary win for the Chiefs in the sense that like close to them losing, but they end up pulling ahead and win. Um, Mm. But I don't know. Yeah. I I personally don't see a world in which the Titans win this game. I just don't think they have the the firepower. Mm. Yeah. Well, it's interesting. If you look at the history, the last time these two teams played in October of 2021. So last season, the Titans beat the Chiefs 27 to three. Um, wow, that's yeah. I don't remember that game. The Titans have actually won four of the last five games between these two teams. Um, four of those games would have featured Patrick Mahomes, so they've they're they're three and one, um, to my knowledge. And unless Mahomes was injured in one of those games, which is possible, I know in 2019 he was injured, but I I don't know um, if that overlapped in that game. But yeah, so so the Titans. This is how I see the Titans. I've watched them a bit this season and and I've watched the Chiefs. So, like, the Titans for me are what everyone wants the Lions to be. 
Mike Vrabel is the coach that everyone wants Dan Campbell to be. You know, everyone talks about, oh, Dan Campbell is the next Bill Cower. I think Mike Vrabel is the next Bill Cower. He is the dude. He's a tough guy coach, but he's also schematically smart and he knows and he has his team pretty well coached in terms of those situations. Like, I think the Titans also are the team that everyone wants the Giants to be. The, the mm. Titans are the team that plays well in situations and puts themselves in good situations by creating turnovers. They're plus two in turnover differential, which is eighth best in the league. Um, they stop the run. They're the second best. Te- Both of these teams are good at stopping the run, um, which is interesting to note. Second and third, the t- Titans being second, uh, the Chiefs being third for stopping the run. Um, I think they're a feisty well-coached team, the Titans, that they are a, a, a team that you come away, I think, from feeling bruised and battered after playing them. They remind me a little bit of the Steelers from a few seasons ago, you know, where maybe the passing game isn't quite up to snuff, um, but they hit you hard. And and so I think, I think they thrive on these situations, the Titans. Now, I don't know that they're going to win, but I can imagine a scenario in which they can, and it's a Mahomes turnover meltdown or running backs fumbling. Um, you know, it's a special teams play here and there from the Titans that allow them to cause the boil over. I don't think it's particularly likely. I think the Chiefs win, but I think this could be a this. It has the potential to be a better game than we're giving it credit for. Having said that, the Chiefs is coming off a bye. And Andy Reid is notoriously good at eviscerating people after the buy. So, yeah. just so you know, in the in the sicko spreadsheet, I am putting Chiefs win plus Travis Kelsey touchdown. Kelsey hasn't scored a touchdown the last two weeks. I think he's due for a touchdown. Mm. I don't think he goes three weeks in a row. So I've got Chiefs winning plus the Travis Kelsey touchdown on our sicko spreadsheet um, picks. I think the Chiefs win, but I. I I think the Titans lose by less than 12 and a half. I think that's just disrespectful. That is a lot to a of team points. that's five I, and two. Yeah. I do I do look as well at who the Titans have played this season. And it sure. seems a little deceiving, although I do go for the Vikings and you could say the same for them. So it's not necessarily a knock against them as a team, but in terms of their chances, they lost the Giants in an opening game then got absolutely demolished by the Bills, 41-7. to Then they went on this winning streak, which is credit to them. It's difficult to win any game in the NFL, but beat the Raiders by two points, beat the Colts by a touchdown, beat the Commanders by a touchdown, then beat the Colts by a touchdown, and then beat the Texans by a touchdown. It's not the kind of set of results that makes you go like, oh, they've, they've been feisty against feisty teams. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think... I rate the Raiders that highly. Commanders, I guess, are a bit of a feisty team. Their defense looks all right. Um, so I don't know. We we'll see. I hope it's close because you and I are the same in that we we love to watch some just hard nosed physical football. Um, and so if the Titans can be physical against Kansas City and kind of shock them um, with the physicality and just run on them, uh, could be really good. And the fact that it's a primetime game means I'll probably watch it. And so I hope I get to see some good, proper physical football. I'll finally watch the Titans. 
is basically <laughs> what I'm saying. I can finally tick it off. Well, and, and I think another thing that they've improved is their turnovers. They turned the ball over five times in the opening two games, four times against the Bills, um, but they've only turned it over another four times uh, in the five subsequent games. Um, so so that mm. has been a big thing for them. But I agree with you. This is a big test for them. Um, now, this next stretch of games at the Chiefs, then home to the Broncos. Now, the Bronco- Broncos aren't brilliant, but they've got a good defense, the Broncos. So Keep and, it close. And, yeah. Uh, then at Packers, still a, it's still a road trip to, to Green Bay. Yep. And it's another couple of weeks where... Packers have had some time, you know, to try and figure things out. Home to the Bengals at the Eagles. That's a pretty challenging month, I, I think, in my opinion, mm. um, for the time. So I think we're going to learn a lot about where Tennessee is at. So this is a nice little prove-it um, run here for the team. Um, so next up, let's let's go and have a look. Let's jump around. Let's jump around. Um, let's let's talk about your Vikings and your Commanders. I watched the Commanders last week. Um, don't know if you got to see that game between Washington and the Colts, um, but uh, Taylor Heineke played well. Taylor Heineke just brings something to that Washington Commanders team um, that Carson Wentz and others have struggled to down the stretch. Traveling to play. Uh, traveling to play the Vikings? Yes, traveling to play the Vikings. No, where um, the Vikings are traveling to FedEx Field. This is my issue, Jack. This is my issue. Pro Football Reference mm-hmm. has Minnesota Vikings at Washington Commanders written, but then they put the Commanders logo in front of the Vikings uh, logo. Yes, don't understand no, this. No don't good. understand it. Just do it one way or the other. Um, how are you feeling about this game as a Vikings fan? The the Commanders have won four in a row. Uh, I believe um, mm. Chase Young isn't back to play in this game, but he's returned to um, training. So, you know, the sorry, they've won three in a row, not four in a row. Beat the Bears, beat the Packers, beat the Colts. Where, where are you at with this game as a Vikings fan? It's a bit of a danger game in the sense that I think a lot of the people, definitely the fans, but I think even internally, there's a lot of focus on next week when we travel to play the Bills. I think that's where everyone's focus is on. And like, okay, we're playing the Commanders 4-4. Four and four. Let's just go and get the win. And then the big test is Buffalo because we haven't played a really good team since Philly where we got absolutely embarrassed in primetime television. So I think there, there's a possibility that we're looking ahead of ourselves and not focusing on this game, which, yeah, I would hope not. And there's no reason, no logical reason to think that any of this coaching staff or any of the players would do that. But it's a possibility, even subconsciously, where you, you just look at the commanders and you just go, we'll just get this. We're six and one, we'll win another close one, and then we'll focus our attention on the Bills. So it's a bit of a danger game. Yeah, commanders are on a bit of a run. They're looking dangerous. Uh, yeah, Taylor Heineke... I, I've been a fan of Heineke since that playoff game against the Bucks. Like I've been rooting for him ever since. And so I'm glad he's finally gotten a, another opportunity this season to try and prove himself as a starter. Cause I really do think he's a starter. I think I, I, I would rather Taylor Heineke than Daniel Jones 
And I know that might be a hot take in some no, circles, in fair. New York circles, but I'd rather him over Zach Wilson. Not not yeah. to go on and hate New York teams, but like he's a starting quarterback to me. And so the fact that he's getting another opportunity this season to, yeah, show it, I think is really good. It's a shame that he's playing us because I'm going to be like not wanting to play well, but also secretly if he plays well, I'll be pretty happy for him. Uh, so I don't know. The Vikings are... We're just we're a weird team. We keep winning, and I'm really happy about it. But one thing that is really different to last season, despite the fact that we're winning games this season, the, the biggest difference is there's there haven't been any big plays. Last season, I couldn't tell you how many massive like 50 yard throws there was from Kirk Cousins down the sideline to Justin Jefferson and runs in for a touchdown. I think we're like, I think I read we're like 30th or 31st in big plays. We're just not – I think teams are shutting Jefferson down and our mm. other receivers are more your slot guys. They're not running down the field contested catch, dude. So when you shut down Jefferson, there's not many options. Hopefully the acquisition of TJ Hawkinson helps that because he seems like he's not going to necessarily be catching 50-yard dimes, but hopefully he will open up that offense a little bit because mm. tight end's probably been our weakness – offensively this season not that it's like lost us games or like made us a far worse team but to have a real player like a real guy with tj hawkinson at tight end i'm really excited about i thought it was one of the best trades that i've seen not in terms of the best player traded for but in terms of the value we gave up for him and what we're getting for him Mm. was really happy that uh got that deal done so hopefully this this can be the game that I've been expecting from the Vikings over the last month of, can this be the one when we just blow them out? Where we win comfortably by two, three touchdowns. Can this be the one? I I don't think it will. It, it wasn't against the Cardinals. It won't be against the Commanders. I think it'll be close. Um, in fact, I have a sicko spreadsheet pick on this game. Yes. And I'm picking the Commanders to cover three points, cover Ooh. plus three points. I think this is going to be really close. I would not even be surprised if the Vikings lose. I think this will be a game that's kept close and we just don't manage to put it together. It's a road game. Um, mm. I think we just slip up here. I don't think it'll have major consequences going into the season. In fact, mm. might even make us more revved up to go against the Bills. Uh, not that I want us to lose, but if we do, I feel like it wouldn't be the worst thing to just get another loss out of the way and go, all right, what do we learn from that? What do we need mm. to do? Uh, could be an aspect of, you know, got a new guy coming into the offense. Is that going to change up the sort of rhythm and consistency we've had? I think it's a real danger game. If this was at home, I probably would pick the Vikings, but it's a road game against a feisty up-and-coming team with a player, a quarterback. Um, at the very least, yeah, it's a danger game, if not actually the commanders winning outright. Yeah, I, I agree, you know, with your your analysis. Um, you know, I, I think the, the the Vikings defense, as you've said this year, you know, that they, they, they make plays at crucial times, you know, you know, to get those turnovers. There is an element of luck involved in the turnover game. You know, you mm. need the ball to bounce a certain way on the fumble or, you know, like so I think, you know, there's there's a level of talent and coaching and and discipline to create the opportunities for turnovers to happen. 
but then there is a sprinkle of luck that allows it to occur sort of thing. So, um, and that luck does run out eventually. If that is, like I've said, I've been really happy that that method of defense has worked of the, you know, the classic bend don't break, maybe not so much in terms of yardage, but in terms of the whole game, maybe you give up lots of yards, but when it counts, you make plays. It's really good that that's worked for us, but all you need is for Heineke to, you know, drive down the field and maybe throw the ball with a little more depth that if he threw it a bit shorter, it's a pick and we win the game, but he just puts it in and it's a touchdown and we lose. Um, so I think that that seems to be a real possibility. It'll be one or the other to me. I feel like this is really close and Washington wins or it is the blowout that we've been expecting and Washington kind of matches up to a really good team like Minnesota. Um, but we will see. It'll be interesting. It'll be really interesting to see two revenge games because we've got Kirk Cousins going back to Washington after he was there with the commanders back in the day. So yeah. it's a revenge game for him, but also a revenge game for Taylor Heineke because he was with the Vikings. He played in a few preseason games with the Vikings uh, years ago. He's, he's, so, he's bitter about it. He's bitter about yeah, you know, he, it was he the preseason starter. Um, you And you have to be happy for the Vikings that Darius Smith on pace for 20 sacks oh, yeah. this season. Great acquisition. The Packers still paying him a bunch of money as well. So that's mm. <laughs> that's um, hugely satisfying. You'd also love, as a Vikings fan, being the team in the uh, NFC North that went out and got their quarterback another pass catching option Uh, (laughs) all right so yeah look i tend to agree with you like i just think it will be one of those games in the early slate where you look up and like holy moly it was 27 25 or something or 20 Mm. to 19 and um someone won on a last second field goal um yeah i can definitely see that can definitely see that um another place i would like to go is the the Dolphins and the Bears kind of interested in this game mm. um, because I feel like the Dolphins, uh, the Bears have become a little bit of a, a show favorite here on the JBSE. We've, we've talked a lot of Chicago mm-hmm. Bears. I think more Chicago yep. Bears than a lot of podcasts have talked. Um, but they're coming up here against a Dolphins team that I think are somehow underrated despite Tyreek Hill being on pace to break the all-time receiving yards record. He's got 961 yards already on with uh, on 69 catches. He is wow. absolutely destroying it. They're 5-1 and one with Tua at quarterback. Now, their record's 5-3, and three, so that's what's sort of helping them, I think, fly on, under the radar still, is the fact that you know, they had those couple of games where Tua wasn't there. There was the controversy about the concussions. I think this team probably would be seven and one, maybe six and two if if Tua had mm. been the starter. They are a completely different offense when he's in. But it's an interesting game for me because it's the first time since 2018 that these two teams have played. This isn't a matchup that happens, you know, an awful lot. But it's interesting too because the Bears seem to be finding something on offense. I mean, you know, the the defense got absolutely shredded by the Cowboys last week, but they're they're finding something, the Bears. They found their guy at quarterback. They're the number one rushing team in the league. And then when they let 
Fields throw it last week when they were like, we need to move the ball at any, you know, by any means possible. He rose to the occasion. He didn't throw a pick. I don't think he had a fumble through a couple of touchdowns. I think he rushed for one himself. We've been high on fields, but I think the Dolphins are under the radar. I really, really do think that they're flying under the radar. Everyone's focused on the Bills. Everyone's focused on the Chiefs, Eagles, all these teams, and fair enough because they're playing well. But these five and three Dolphins um, are somehow sneakily good, in my opinion. Um, I do have a sicko spreadsheet pick on this game. It involves a lot of... Alternate universe stuff. So, alternate um, to- total. I'm saying it goes over 36 and a half, and the Dolphins to cover two and a half points. the The non alternate is like five. I thought that was just too much, just because the Bears. I don't know. They're unpredictable, um, and so that's but that's what I'm going. Both alternate numbers of over 36 and a half, and the Dolphins Ancient history. Cover. Two and a half. Um, what are your sort of thoughts on this game? Do, where where you're at with the Dolphins? I feel like we've talked a lot about the Bears. Anyone who's listened, but but where are you at with the with the fish? Yeah, we, we've talked a lot about the Bears for a podcast that is fifty percent Vikings fans. Uh, yeah. so <laughs> we, we yeah, give a lot like, of uh, praise. They're to like them. the harmless little brother to the Vikings. You know, they're not yeah. actually going to threaten you this year. Next year, who knows? Yeah, exactly. Next year, we might not talk as much bears or, or not in the same way. And all of a sudden, you're like, yeah. this isn't my little brother anymore. He's now taller yeah. than me. That's um, right. But where are you at with and, the Dolphins? Green Bay is... Yeah, we, we'll get off the NFC North because we could be here all day. Uh, <laughs> Miami, I feel like they're one of the teams that have hopefully boosted their uh, winning odds through trade getting Bradley yeah. Chubb from the Broncos. Yeah. I think it's a massive move. Getting him on that defense will be really good. Uh, but it's always tough with first games for those guys after the week eight deadline. How much time are they getting in the new um, defense or offense? Uh, all the stress of traveling and moving place and, and all of that. Uh, so the first game is always a little bit deceiving, but he'll definitely have an impact. I think they are improved at least marginally in this first game, if not if not quite a lot. Miami's mm. interesting because they are kind of under the radar, but I feel like that's where they belong. I don't know okay. if I put them in the same category as the Chiefs and the Bills, but they kind of seem like they kind of seem like the Titans of last year. Not mm. in terms of how they play, but their sort of position in the standings and in people's rankings where, you know, no one really had them as like, oh, this is the best team of the year. They probably would have been, you know, fourth, fifth or sixth in everyone's power rankings that season. But then it ended up getting the number one seed. And you're like, huh, wow, the Titans, they just kind of did enough and they kind of got there. I feel like Miami might be similar where they they just continue to win games. uh, But because Tua isn't this sort of generational quarterback, who has a mm. bunch of marketing and gets out there on TV, they they might just sneak under the radar. So who knows? It'll be an interesting game between these two. Uh, Chicago also got something at the trade deadline, getting uh, the Steelers receiver Chase Claypool, mm. which should definitely be, I think that, that, that could be a really good move 
for Fields and that offense to give them a real good option at receiver. And I don't think he's necessarily a number one, but I think he's a really good two. So yeah. Miami should win this pretty comfortably just because I think Chicago's defense might've been found out and you don't want to then go ahead and play Tyreek Hill, who will probably burn you in this game. So Miami should win pretty comfortably, I would imagine. Uh, but this also early slate games, they're always, I don't know what it is, but they're always the weird ones. Yeah, it's interesting. Miami's third in their division, which is 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 are they insane? Yeah. So you got the Bills at six wow. and one. You got the Jets at five and three. The Dolphins at five and three. The Jets have the head to head record against the Dolphins. They beat them, I think, forty one seventeen, when yeah. they didn't have Tua. Tua went out. Um. Now, I think the Jets were just on a roll at that point. They still had Brees Hall, so that was that's sort of interesting, but. It is bizarre, really, when you when you look at the Dolphins this year, um, at their results. They've scored. These these are their their scores that they've put up. Twenty against the Patriots. They won that game to twenty to seven. Forty two against the Ravens. Most of that was in the last quarter. That was that massive come from behind victory. Mm. Then 21, 15, 17, 16, 16. 31 against Detroit. So it's it's really strange. Um, and maybe we've got – I feel like it's been hard to get an accurate read on Miami because their the start to their season has been so interrupted. You know, they went win, 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 loss, 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 and now they've gone win, win. But against the Steelers and the Lions, and the Steelers gave them trouble. They only won 16-10 against the Steelers. They won 31-27 against the Lions. No, I think you're, I think you're right. I think, I think we shouldn't be anointing them yet because they've been uneven. And I think this is a great game to see if they're going to continue to be uneven because the Cowboys clearly showed that there was holes to exploit against Detroit. And if mm. Miami don't, well... You know, then, then, uh, then maybe the 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 they should stay underrated. Um, yeah, they've got a, they've got an interesting three game stretch. This at Bears, home against the Browns, bye week, home against the Texans. If you've got designs on winning the division, you should be going. Well, that's three and zip before we have a three game road stint at 49ers, at Chargers, at Bills. They need three wins here. Yeah. I think they're going to get on a roll. Going to be interesting to see there. Um, Also wanted to let's go back to your NFC North and talk Packers at Lions. The the seat is hot for Dan Campbell. It has to be. It has to be hot. Um, You know they finally they fired. um, I think it was their defensive backs coach. Uh, So. You know, the firing start at the bottom of the food chain and work their way up so that the chain reaction has started. If nothing changes between now and the future, um, then people further up the line are going to start losing their jobs. And the Lions just haven't shown a great deal of improvement this season. It's been very much the same story as last year. And, you know, one of the things I think going into this season and going into the Dan Campbell experiences, he's going to have them spirited. He's going to have them coached up to, you know, win the big moment and that sort of thing. And 
they continue to lose close games. They continue to lack the ability to find ways to win, which is kind of what the whole sell was from, you know, for, from Dan Campbell was we're going to, we're going to be in these games and we're going to find ways to win, win in the moment. They haven't found ways to win Jacko. Where are you at with this game? Because the Packers are three and five and their season teetering on the brink. Lions are a sad team. I think that's what we found out. They are very you the hard knocks can just get the hell out of here. They they sold us a certain vision <laughs> what we would expect in the Lions. And I was sold, you were sold, we were mm-hmm. all sold a certain ideal. We were, we were sold a vision of who the Detroit Lions were going to be, what their soul was going to encompass. I thought it was going to be a very different experience. Got a bite your kneecaps, with- man. <laughs> lots of knee, not lots of bitten kneecaps, a lot of drowning in the in the water, lots of <laughs> pythons and snakes. Them out like to there, the there was sea. a lot of there was a lot of great stuff to 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 bite into, uh, let's say. But we just end up with this one and six Detroit team that is just <laughs> the worst version of last year. It turns out, Jack, that you know, being able to give your teammate your team um, you know, threatening nicknames and being able to do up downs in training camp doesn't provide as much value to your team's performance as, you know, teaching them proper run gap assignments and stuff on defense. Yeah. <laughs> All that sort of stuff. Turns Who out would have thought. You need to be a good coach. Yeah. With all the proper coaching stuff, not just be a good guy who is a coach. So I don't know. The idea was that Detroit was really good at home. I don't know if that holds up anymore. I think that they were just competitive earlier on in the season when they just happened to be at home. I don't actually think they have any kind of home advantage in what I've seen. Um, So I, I think we're just going to see another depressing Detroit outfit go against the Packers. I think the Packers have found something on offense. I think Aaron Rodgers even said something on the Pat McAfee show of like, even though they lost last week, he was saying Mm -hmm. how like, oh, this is the first time I feel like our team has really been energized and like really have felt ready to go out there and and win. Um, Mm -hmm. So I think, I think Green Bay is kind of onto something. They're going to run the ball more. uh, And the Lions just aren't going to have, they're just going to be too inconsistent. I don't think they lack personnel. Really don't. Mm. I think you put a semi-decent quarterback in with the Lions and they're not one and six. And, you know, Jared Goff hasn't been horrendous, but I think if you put in even just yet a semi-decent quarterback, you put Tannehill in there, you put Kirk Cousins in there, you put Derek Carr in there, I don't think they're a great team, but they're not one and six. So I think that personnel isn't really the issue on offense. It's just their defense. Their defense still can't, make tackles they can't force fourth downs they're just easily moved around and i think the packers are going to uh they're going to really attack the run against them i don't think we're going to see rogers throw a lot i think they're just gonna give jones and dylan the ball and just run down the clock and win a comfortable slow ugly game where detroit just can't move anything in fact this is another sicko spreadsheet pick I've got. Okay. Um, not as not as sick as my next one, but it's somewhat unwell. Uh, so I'm going <laughs> with the Green Bay Packers and the Detroit Lions at Detroit mm-hmm. Lions. 
Going to hit the under. 49 and a half. I feel like this line is still thinking the Detroit team is the Detroit team of the first three weeks. Mm. I don't think it's caught up to the fact that Detroit is not the same offense anymore. They're not putting up the same points. The home advantage doesn't count anymore. Like they're not going to suddenly put up 30, 40 points just because they're at home. They're the same team they've been over the last month, which is not a good football team. And while the defense will give up lots of points, I think it helps that they're playing the Packers who can't put up points. So I feel like hitting the under is, is the obvious, especially at 49 and a half. I think this this is a very quick game in the sense that there's a lot of running the ball and the clock runs down pretty quickly. Not a lot of opportunity for scoring and, and the Packers win something along the lines of like 24 to 14. I think that's our score line in this game. Yeah. You would think that that's their recipe for the Packers is run the ball. The, the Lions ranked 30th in the league for yards allowed on the ground. Um, Green yeah. Bay, not much better. But um, I think that's the recipe for the Packers is run, run, and run some more. Um, I think that their offense will put up more points. That They're currently the 26th ranked team for points per game. The Packers scoring just 18.1 points per game. Um, Detroit, actually the ninth ranked team with 24.7 points per game. But a lot of that has been padded in those close losses, you know, those 45 mm. to 48 against the Seahawks or whatever it was, the loss. Detroit yeah. ranked 32nd of 32 teams for points allowed per game. So they can't stop. That's what's that's what's unbelievable to me. Um, it's just how this team gets pushed around. For, for so much, we're going to bring in tough guys and tough guy coaches and tough guy players, and we're going to be tough guys in Detroit. The fact that they just get gashed like marshmallow. marshmallow. Yeah, look at that, marshmallow. Yeah. We both said it. It's we're true. The They're right just zone. soft. Soft, soft, soft. In in terms of football, they're still tougher than us, but they're they're, they're when you <laughs> the, the, contextually, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I sometimes you know you hear people go, "This team's soft." It's like, well, you know, in terms of yeah. you know, just within the NFL context, yes. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I think the same with talent. I think I've said it before. Yeah. Like, whenever I say someone's untalented, it's like I'm talking about in the NFL sphere. Anyone yeah, yeah. who's in the NFL is a hundred <laughs> times more talented at anything than I am. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. It's good to bring that up every now and then to remind people yeah. we're just not going off half cock. We know they're more talented than us. They're tougher than us. They're also richer than us. Um, oh, or, damn it. <laughs> okay, it's real to me. Damn it. Um, <laughs> How do they keep I th- getting away with this? <laughs> Um, well, I've got all my Sigo's spreadsheet picks out of the way. You've got one more on Monday night football. Um, get that indeed, one out the friend. way, and then we might pivot to talk about one more game. So Monday night football is the Baltimore Ravens and the New Orleans Saints. Love the uniform matchup. I despise the fact that it's going to be played in a dome. Take it away, Jacko. What are your thoughts mm. on this game? What's your what's your spreadsheet pick? I think this has the potential to be a really fun game. Because I think the Ravens at five and three look good. Um, credit to them. I think they're playing far better than I thought they would this season. Um, I don't think they're similar to Miami. They're probably in a similar category. If they're not the top level yet, they don't belong mm. with the Bills and the Chiefs, but they're probably on the rung below. Uh, and 90% of that is because of Lamar Jackson. He's just an absolute superstar. So I think they're really good. And then the Saints... 
like they put up a lot of points. Credit to the mm. Saints. They put up a lot of points offensively. They're a pretty good team. They've got some good players. Um, I don't know who's going to be starting. I assume it's still going to be Dalton. I don't think Winston yeah. is back yet. Um, and Dalton, as much as he does, as we've said before, he throws touchdowns. Whether it's touchdowns for his team or the other team, he throws touchdowns, okay? Uh, so I feel like the Saints are a bit of a feisty team. Plus, it's at New Orleans. So Ravens are going on the road. Monday night football, that stadium is going to be loud. I think this could be a really fun Monday night football game, which we're due for. I feel like it's been a little while since we've watched a real good cracker oh, wow. on Monday night. And this this could be one where we, we see some real plays be made and some great coaching going on with Harbaugh. I, I think this has the real potential to be a good game. And so my, my sicko spreadsheet pick is a little bit of a mouthful, but I quite like it for reasons I will explain. So I'm picking the over... 13 points for second half Ravens total team points. The reason behind is the reason behind this is because I think the saints become really competitive early. I think the crowd's going to have a real big impact in this game. I think the Ravens will be a little bit shell shocked on the road Monday night. Andy Dalton will throw like an 80 yard touchdown. And all of a sudden the crowd's going wild and, Maybe Lamar misses a few throws or, you know, the, the offense can't quite put it together. I think it's going to look the Saints way early. But I think in the second half, after some coaching adjustments where I think the Ravens have a, not just an edge, I think they have a they have a whole, um, I think they have a really big advantage in the coaching sphere compared to the Saints. Mm. So I think after halftime, they make some adjustments. The Saints possibly don't even score a touchdown in the second half. Could be one of those like three points and that's it. And the Ravens go out and show why they're five and three and score, yeah, two touchdowns and, and hit the over of 13 points. Um, so that's my sticker spreadsheet pick. It's a nice. little bit more complex than my other two, but I think it has a real high likelihood of hitting. I absolutely adore it. Um, and just so you know, too. Jameis Winston is available for selection, but Dennis Allen, 22 hours ago in a Sports Illustrated story, said Andy's starting, and if we continue to play like we have on offense, which is what our expectation is, Andy will be the starter moving forward. It's his show to run right now, and we'll see how that goes. So um, Jameis Winston officially avenged. Um, The red rifle going out there getting the starting spot. Uh, yes. Did I do my sicko spreadsheet pick for Seahawks and Cardinals? I don't think I did. I think so. You told me off air, mm-hmm. but um, go ahead and, and tell the people. Yeah, the Seahawks and Cardinals. This is an interesting one for me, right? So the Seahawks are underdogs at the Cardinals. Now, I said last week it was time to start fading the Giants, and that proved out. However, I got to say, starting to get a little vibe of like at a certain point, there's going to be a point where it's okay to fade the Seahawks, you know, given, given the week to week situation, really talented team, Mm -hmm. really fun team, exciting team. This is not a team that's going 13 and three. Okay. This is not a team that's going 13 and three. They're going to have their losses along the way. They win a lot of close games, but as we said about the Vikings, eventually you lose a couple of close games as well. Now, the Cardinals are fighting for their season. 
you know, they need to start winning. At three and five, they're currently well out of the division. They trail the Seahawks in the division by a couple of games. The 49ers just got Christian McCaffrey and, you know, destroyed the Rams. The Rams still have a lot of talent. There's a lot of growth potential Mm. left in the NFC West. So if you're going to make a move, you need to beat the teams, start beating the teams in your division when you get the opportunity. So this is sort of starting to get to last chance saloon times for Kingsbury, for Kyler in 2022. Having said all that, the Seahawks aren't the Giants. The Seahawks do have talent. The Seahawks do have, you know, a lot going for them. I don't think Arizona is that much of a threatening place to go. So I've, again, I'm Dr. Strange this week, going into lots of (laughs) alt universes, okay? So I've taken an alternate line of under 57 and a half for the game. And I'm taking the Seahawks to cover five and a half points. Mm. Um, now, it was like two, one and a half or something. That's just not worth it. So I'm going to take a little bit of protection here. I think the Seahawks could win. But I think even if they lose, it's going to be close. So I'm taking two alternate things combined. I am Dr. Strange. That's my sicko spreadsheet uh, name this week. Alternate under 57 and a half and the Seahawks to cover an alternate five and a half. Um, so there we are. Take that Those pick to the mind. doctors. That is that is a sicko pick if I've ever seen one. That's right. It is ill. It is very ill. Uh, if symptoms persist, get to the ER room. ASAP. Mm. Um, <laughs> I, I think that's all we've got time for, but there's games I want to get to, Jacko. So let's do a quick oh, so speed. Many. Let's do a speed round. Speed round. Um, like... Set your clock. Have you got your mobile phone? Set your clock. Have you got a stopwatch on your mobile phone? Open your stopwatch. Let's do it. And I want you to set a 30 second. I I, I want 30 seconds. Okay? Yeah. And I'm going to throw to you. Are you ready to start? You're going to be talking about the Chargers and the Falcons. What are your thoughts on this? 30 seconds. Give it to us. Go. I think the Chargers are a team that continue to disappoint, and I think we're going to see them disappoint again. The, the Mariota with the Falcons has kind of been a bit of a – he's revitalizing his career, I feel like, and, and the Falcons are something scary. There's something feisty when he's under center, um, whereas the Chargers, it's basically just run for one yard, run for two yards, and then try and get Herbert to throw you out of trouble on third down, and I don't think that's sustainable. I love it. I'm going to put 30 seconds on the clock for me and the Vegas Jags game. Uh, Speaking of last chance saloons, this is absolute last chance saloon for the Raiders. It may already be gone. Um, And likewise for the Jags, I need to see the rest of the season. We need to see progress from Trevor Lawrence Um, and Derek Carr. Derek Carr, this is your life. You are playing for your job. They went and got you your best friend. It's time to start putting results on the board. Even if playoffs are gone, um, it's time to start performing. Derek Carr, step it up or you're gone, unfortunately. Um, Jacko, we're going to pivot. We're going to keep doing Mm. this. We're going to keep covering some more. I like this 30 second. I'm going to give you the Indianapolis Colts at the New England Patriots. 30 seconds. 
The Patriots should get rid of Mac Jones, and I will stand by Bailey Zappi for the rest of my time on this planet. Um, I think Mac Jones, he's only thrown like three touchdowns this season. Uh, mm-hmm. I know he missed some time, but he's just not the guy. I think I think the Patriots just play better when they're with Zappi, and the fact that they're sticking with Mac Jones is going to be their downfall. The Colts, like Ellinger looks good. I think we said it last time. He looks good. I think he'll do enough, and I think the Colts actually beat the Patriots on the road. Wow. Nice. Yeah, I, I like the look of Ellinger as well, but like I, I worry about rookie quarterbacks um, going into the hooded one's lair, but that would be a famous win. If, if Sam Ellinger goes in and beats the Patriots, that's that's starting to make a little legacy for yourself, for the iconic Texas quarterback. Um, I the am Patriots, going- just very quickly, <laughs> Yeah, just to add some context to my, my pick there, the, the Patriots only just beat the Jets. And the Jets could did everything to let the mm. Patriots win. I don't think the Colts give up as many turnovers as the, as the Jets would. So I think that's probably why I, I'd give the Colts a real chance. That, hey, that's fair. That is totally fair. Uh, I'm going to go Tampa Bay and the Rams. The Rams traveling to Tampa Bay. So a replay of a playoff game from last season. The Bucs are absolutely not out of the division. The Rams aren't out of theirs either. It's all sort of squished up at the moment. But as we said, for a few teams, it's time to start making your move. The Bucs have got to get this figured out. They've got too much talent, but the Rams are in the same boat. Too much talent um, to, to keep losing. To be a combined six and nine between these two teams is insane. Having said all that, I think... It's the Rams that are going to work it out down in Tampa. I think they drop the Bucks to oh. three and six because I think you're going to get a special effort on defense from the Rams. There you go. That's mine. Um, Jacko, I will give you the Bills and the Jets. 30 seconds, if you please. I feel like I don't even need 30 seconds for this one. I, I, think, I think the Jets, <laughs> I don't think their season is done necessarily, as in they won't win a single game. But I think this this stretch of them being competitive, I think, is over. I think we've figured out that Zach Wilson isn't the guy, and they're probably going to stick with Wilson when they probably should just give Flacco a shot and no Brees Hall. I, I, think, I think we've seen their stretch, and the Bills will just dominate. The, the, this has the high likelihood of being another 40-point-plus Um score for the bills yeah i agree there i think um the 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 jets were holding it together despite some injuries but now you're starting to lose some pieces like Brees hall who was like a bit of a mm. a gem in thanos's power glove for the jets and once you pull that out it starts to crumble and so i think that's yeah i think we're now talking about potentially evaluation gear for zach wilson I know they're five and three or whatever yeah. it is, five and two, but uh, five and three. Yeah, five and mm-hmm. three, but five and three. I don't know. It's hard. It's hard to see them winning. If, if they can't run the ball, if they don't work out a way to run the football like they were with Brees Hall, yeah, it's going to be hard. Um, I'll finish this off with the Bengals and the Panthers in Cincinnati. Speaking of teams that need to start fucking figuring it out, the Bengals got embarrassed by the Browns last week. They are four and four by no means out of the division, but they need to remember a quarterback is coming back to the Cleveland Browns, which is only going to strengthen them 
The Ravens got better with Roquan Smith. The Steelers stink. But the Bengals need to start making a move. The Panthers are cooked. The Panthers are well and truly cooked mm. in their division. Bengals, make your move. Go and thump the Panthers. Work it out. I think they will. All right, that's it. We covered every game. Every we damn game. Love it. Um, thanks so much, Jacko, for jumping on the pod again. We will be back in the people's ears once all the games have concluded for week nine. We'll recap it all. We'll tell you who worked it out, who didn't work it out. Until next time, get some football up your. Yeah.